Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's time for the playoffs. It's time to decide who's going to Vegas. Will it be Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo coming out of the AFC? Is it going to be San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit even coming out of the NFC? Pick your two conference champions, parlay it, and remember, get your 50% welcome bonus on that first parlay using our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, when you use the link in the description to this episode at BetOnline Sportsbook. Bet online where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network. Except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this podcasting thing. We can give you podcasts however and whenever you so choose. And you guys can stop in however and whenever you guys so choose to listen. We appreciate that you wanted to spend some time here with us today on the NFL Monday Post wild card weekend, which granted doesn't mean a whole lot right now because wild card weekend still has two whole games left to go by the time that we're recording this. And also, the one that's probably going to be a blowout was Steelers and Bills. Although, given that they had to, you know, like push the game back because of apocalyptic weather in the Buffalo area, which is a crazy sentence because, you know, four years ago the NFL had never canceled a game in their entire history and then you had games on Wednesdays during the pandemic and then you had DeMar Hamlin last year leading to a regular season game getting canceled altogether a game that would have had major implications on who would have gotten home field advantage in the playoff if not for the Buffalo Bills falling apart last year against the Cincinnati Bengals in their best chance to win in the AFC playoff during this four to five year run of the Buffalo Bills. So now you've had all sorts of wacky scheduling stuff, and now we have two whole games left to go, but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about the two games that went down on Sunday. If you want the Saturday breakdown, we already got that done for you. Dolphins, Chiefs, post-game show, it's out now. Available wherever you get podcasts. It's one episode below this one if you're listening. If you want the breakdown of the Saturday games, let's break down the Green Bay Packers beating that ass against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's the best and most appropriate place to start. That beatdown that the Packers had against the Cowboys, the best chance the Cowboys had of any team over the past three years to make it to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl or whatever curse-breaking thing you thought would happen for the Cowboys. The Cowboys got that ass 
beat by the Green Bay Packers. C.J. Stroud, perfect passer rating. Jordan Love, perfect passer rating. Two quarterbacks put up perfect passer ratings this weekend. A title previously reserved in playoff games for elite quarterbacks like Daniel Jones. Last year, had the highest passer rating of any quarterback during the wild card weekend. This year, C.J. Stroud whooped that ass and Jordan Love whooped that ass. And you know what? After the NFL regular season looked like it was going to have some boring football and low-scoring, grinded-out playoff games, uh, we got to the playoff and uh, all the strategy changed, which granted it normally does in the NFL playoffs. We just sometimes forget how stark the difference can be when we get to playoff football. And it's like, oh, wow, with a single elimination game, the Packers came out and just ran all sorts of funky creative plays and funky creative routes and whatever it was. Or, you know, you get to the the Saturday game last year and it was like, oh, hey, the Chargers are up 27-0. Did they win the game? No, they did not. And, like, that probably wouldn't have happened in a one-game winner-go-home scenario where the Jaguars had nothing to lose against what we found out this year would be the worst passing defense in the NFL. And then we got to this year and it's like, oh, hey, that team that had the number two defense in all of football in the regular season, including the number one scoring defense... Yeah, that team's going to give up a perfect passer rating against rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. And then you get to the Sunday games and it's like, oh yeah, the Packers are up 27-0 on the Cowboys. You guys can't see my facial expression, but I just hit the huh face. That was incredible. The Packers going up 27-0 on Dallas was absolutely incredible to watch in real time. And, by the way, the Packers ended up finishing with 48 points. It was the sixth time in the last 20 seasons of NFL playoffs, which, if my math is correct, comes out to somewhere between 220 and 230 playoff games played in the last 30 years because there's uh, either been 12 or 14 teams in the playoff which means there's either 11 or 13 games in every playoff for the last 20 years somewhere between 220 and 230 total playoff games played sixth time that a team has scored 48 points in a playoff game during the last 20 years that's what the Pittsburgh uh, that's what the Green Bay Packers did against the Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn is so happy to hop on a flight to Seattle and become the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks after this run. It's an end of a run for the Cowboys. And we'll talk more about the Cowboys stuff later, probably with uh, a friend of ours like Razor Rosenthal or Walter Mitchell will maybe join the show. Morgan from Australia or Blake Jude or Juju Talk Sports. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about the the Dallas Cowboy aspect of it, but from the game itself, because that's what I kind of want to focus in on with this NFL Monday, like, there's so many interesting points to dissect from the Packers' standpoint. The Packers went up 27-0 in that game, and I know that the, the rest of the game was also very interesting. Like, you had the Luke Musgrave touchdown where he caught, that they schemed him so wide open that there's a photo of the camera shot from the 40-yard line to the goal line, And, uh, you know, about the hash mark on the right side of the field, or yeah, the right hash mark is shown for about 30 of those 40 yards. You can still see the right hash mark in the camera shot at the angle that the camera's shooting at. And in that like 40 yard by 30 yard square foot range, 
or sorry, square yard range, 40 by 30 square yards in that photo. They had not a single Green Bay Packer or Dallas Cowboy player within the four, uh, by according to this camera angle, which I know is a little bit misleading. There is a 40 by 30 square yard shot, which in fairness, if you want to go all the way back to the goal line, you could call it 50 by 30 square yard box in which Luke Musgrave is the only player in the entire field who has been schemed open on the entire right side. And it was an easy touchdown where he kind of stumbles and still kind of waltzes into the end zone, all that stuff. There was some interesting stuff later in the game. But I just want to focus in on the Packers getting up 27-0. Because by the time the Packers were up 27-0, it was game over. Yeah, the Cowboys scored a touchdown right before the half. Yeah, they got the ball right back and kicked a field goal, so they got the 10 unanswered points. They almost brought it within two scores at one point. They converted a two-point conversion, got a penalty called on them, kicked the field, kicked the extra point for some weird reason. Like The difference between 17 and 18 points didn't mean anything, but they then kicked the extra point and then comedically missed the extra point, so it didn't even make a difference between going for it on the 12-yard line for a two-point conversion that would have made it a two-score game or kicking the extra point. I know the Cowboys got close to bringing it within two scores at some times, and at the end of the game, obviously, it was 48-32, so that's technically a two-score game. But once they got up 27-0, that was when it was like, okay, we can kind of mentally check out. The result has already been decided. And the way they got up to 27-0 or 41-16 or whatever you want to put the score down as is like this was the moment that Dallas had the game locked or that the Packers had the game locked up and there was no chance the Cowboys were going to be able to catch them no matter what kind of results happened because the Cowboys just weren't going to be able to possess the ball enough to move against the Packers. What was so interesting is that Through the first three quarters of the game when the Packers were up 41-16, they lost the time of possession battle. They lost the time of possession battle, which is a a big explanation of why the NFL has become what the NFL has become these last two years, which is this game theory idea of if you hold the ball for time of possession, it is one of the best indicators of your ability to win, which, by the way... If you don't have a high-paced, uh, a high-speed quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or an explosive offense that's able to potentially average nine yards per play or fourteen yards per completion, like we've seen the top of the top end offenses do in the past five years in the NFL, well, the thing that you can control more is how long you possess the football. All you got to do is just sit on the football for four minutes every time you touch the ball and you're going to have a pretty good chance of winning time of possession the Packers did no such thing the Packers lost time of possession in the end of the first half and at the end of the third quarter and they still held a three or four score lead despite the fact that they lost the time of possession and the simplest explanation for all of that and honestly we're now 11 minutes and 26 seconds into this podcast and I should have started off with this if we were going to do Packers versus Dallas Cowboy analysis and honestly this was the same explanation for how Houston ended up beating the crap out of Cleveland so bad the simplest explanation is this 
if you're gonna throw two pick sixes, there's not much I can do for you. Because if you take away the two pick sixes for the Cowboys, it would have been a 13 to 10 game. After they scored the touchdown at the end of the first half, kicked the field goal on their first drive of the second half, it would have been 13 to 10 at that point. 13 to 10, they totally could have won the game. Not only could they have totally won the game, I bet you the live in-game odds at Bet Online would have given the Cowboys a minus one and a half or a minus two. They would have favored the Cowboys to win even if they were down three in the second half. But the two pick sixes did him in, and we said it when we were talking with our friend Juju about the Packers versus Cowboys preview. It was Wired Up episode 153, I believe, if you want to go back and listen to our analysis on it. It was right before week 18. We were talking about the NFC playoff picture. It's a real short episode, but it was Wired Up episode 153. It came out on January 6th. Didn't think about that before I just said January 6th, but it came out on January 6th. The toughest matchup for the Dallas Cowboys of any of their possible matchups, which was the Dallas versus Green Bay, the Dallas versus the Rams, Dallas versus the Seahawks. Of those three possible matchups going into Week 18, the one that would have been the toughest for the Cowboys was the Packers. And the reason that was the case is Dallas had the highest percentage of offense by any singular player in the league this year with C.D. Lamb. What the Packers had going for them really well is a number one lockdown corner who made the Pro Bowl this year and has made all pros in the past, a lockdown top-of-the-league number one corner and safeties who can drop down in the two high safety coverages and take away CeeDee Lamb in the middle of the field and obviously take away the deep ball threat with CeeDee Lamb when they they opt to go off of one-on-one coverage between CeeDee Lamb and Jair Alexander, or even when they don't. Maybe you just say double-team CeeDee Lamb the entire time. Their whole offense is let's get the ball to CeeDee Lamb and see what he can do more than any other team in the NFL. So why don't you? Just go ahead and see what you can do in the C.D. Lamb offense. And lo and behold, in the first half of that game, you saw Jair Alexander interception that wasn't quite a pick six because they ended up touching him down inside the 15. But if you throw a pick inside your own red zone and the other team gets to take over inside the red zone, that's essentially a pick six. Like, yeah, maybe your defense is going to end up getting a stop, but when you throw a pick that sets up first and 10 inside your 20-yard line, that's essentially a pick six. If you throw a pick at the 45-yard line that gets returned inside the 15-yard line, that's less of a pick six. That's more like, oh, good job by the defense, or good job by your offensive players to stop them from scoring the touchdown. Maybe you're going to get a stop here. If you throw a pick at your own 5-yard line, and the other team takes over at the 15. Yeah, you're you're kind of throwing a pick six right there. So Dak throws a pick six to Jair Alexander, then comes out on the next throw and just threw a like really stupid interception to Darnell Savage that ended up going back for a pick six. Like stared down the route. Savage saw the route, jumped the route, 
caught it, was at an angle after catching it where there was no defender or, uh, or sorry, no offensive lineman there to stop him immediately. The receiver was running in the opposite direction, so momentum wasn't there. It was just like a textbook awful pick six. And maybe that's the explanation that explains how, how the Dallas Cowboys end up losing that game by going down 27-0 in the first half. It's just, you can't throw two pick sixes and think you have a chance of winning. And I know that the, the the I know that two games had two pick sixes, and maybe that's the simplest explanation we can have for both of those playoff games: the the Houston victory and the Green Bay victory. Quarterbacks had perfect passer ratings, and you can't throw two pick sixes, Joe Flacco and Dak Prescott. Which, by the way, is so goddamn disappointing. If you were like me and thought Dak Prescott had the the breakaway for the MVP through week 14 of the season. If you went into that Buffalo game, like myself, thinking Dak Prescott had the MVP locked up and he had been playing so well that there was no way he was going to be the reason that the Cowboys lost to Buffalo. It wasn't just like, oh, they can lose to Buffalo and Dak will still win the MVP. It was, oh, they lost to Buffalo and Dak Prescott was the biggest reason why they did not win the MVP. And so to go from that performance where he throws away the MVP to then the Cowboys hanging on to the two seed to this being their best chance to make it to the NFC Championship game in years, in years their best chance to make it to the NFC Championship game and then to have that go south for them the way that it did, it just stunk, man. It just stunk if you're... If you're the Dallas Cowboys in that situation and you're me, who who this was the year, I'm like, they may not be significant. I had adjusted my expectations to say they may not be significantly better than they were last year, but the rest of the NFC is pretty crap. And so they should be able to waltz their way into an NFC championship game where they get smoked out the building by the San Francisco 49ers. And for them to just get smoked, smoked with a capital S smoked out the building by the Green Bay Packers just brutally disappointing if you root for the Cowboys because again the Cowboys have won one playoff game in the last three years the Green Bay Packers have now won one playoff game in the last three years and I know the Packers were the number one seed in 2021 and it was the Aaron Rodgers MVP and all that stuff but the fact that the Packers and, and Cowboys have just as much to show for it over these last two to three years is tough because the Cowboys won 36 regular season games. Comparatively, the Packers won, I believe, 31 regular season games. They won 13 and 21, 8 and 22. Oh, they won 30, so they won 9 this year. The Packers won 9 no, they won 10 cuz they yeah, the Packers went 10 and 7. The Packers went 10 and 7 and they still ended up with more to show for this at the end than the Cowboys had over the last 3 years. That's got to be goddamn infuriating cuz this was the year the Cowboys I know that they say this is the year and I know you're falling into stereotypes, but like this genuinely they this was the first time they were the second best team in the NFC, an NFC that didn't provide a bunch of suitable alternatives to the Dallas Cowboys in terms of advancing in the playoff. And then they threw two pick sixes and they got down 27-0 early. And after going down 27-0, they allowed 9.7 yards per play 
for the Packers. Not per completion, per play. The Packers were gaining close to a first down per play on offense. And that's how they ended up scoring 34 points on offense against the Dallas Cowboys beyond the two pick sixes that they threw. And again, I know Jair Alexander got touched down on the second pick six, but that was essentially setting up a first and goal, first and 10 at this 18-yard line. That was essentially a pick six because the Packers immediately scored a touchdown, and then less than a minute later, the Cowboys got the ball back after throwing a pick six, to which they responded by throwing another pick six. So, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Maybe they would have lost anyways, giving up 34 points on offense against the Packers. But at the end of it all, it still was a brutal loss for the Cowboys in a year where they were the second-best team in the NFC. And maybe this 20-minute podcast could have all been explained away by the simple explanation of you just can't throw two pick sixes in the first half of a game and have any reasonable chance to win. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.